This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Eric Layden is our very special guest. What, what an actor he is. And uh, we'll be seeing, my wife and I will be seeing where the Crawdads sing this weekend, I think. And uh, we got it planned out and a lot of people uh, do. And uh, he's got such a big role in it. I'll tell you, whether it's uh, Ozark uh, or uh, Boardwalk Empire, he played Jig or Hoover. It was just absolutely terrific. Big love. Um, I... I, I, I Remember the moment in Mad Men uh, where uh, where he was uh, he was playing opposite Don Draper, right? Uh, his character William, he was Betty's uh, uh, brother and Don Draper's brother-in-law. And to me, it and I'm not an actor, but I, I thought this was brilliant acting. Watching that that scene, it was so uncomfortable. It was about the old man and where he's going to live and everything else. And and if you watch. Eric Layden just just do it and I, I must have rewound it like five times I said this guy's an actor I mean this is so uncomfortable this scene is so and you, and you got to figure it would be but uh, I don't know for him he's probably like what the hell is he talking about just a regular scene but I, I what an actor this guy is Eric Layden is our very special guest uh, can't wait to see him in where the crawdads sing uh, Eric how are you I'm fantastic, Frank. Thanks so much, and appreciate the kind words. I remember the scene well. I remember the scene well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I'm a non-actor, right? So I don't, you know, there's certain things that that uh, that impress me that might not impress actors. But I gotta believe that, and and Mad Men did it so well. Mad Men, uh, you know, put these awkward moments together, and and they and the casting, whoever did the casting for Mad Men, I think just did a an amazing job. But in that particular scene, I don't know what it was, but it was just, uh, you know, it's it's cringeworthy. But the way you did it, I mean, I I was kind of sympathetic with you, and then I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm on Dodd's side, and I don't know, it was just uh, I just thought it was absolutely terrific. Are there scenes that you've done? over the years that that stick out to you uh, that might not get picked up either by the critics or by the fans. Uh, is there any role that you've done that you think's uh, gone unappreciated? That's a good question. I mean, there's certainly scenes. I mean, first of all, there's a lot of scenes that we put a lot of hard work into that end up on the floor, uh, the cutting room floor. So there's that. But, but you know, there, there are scenes that happen that, you know, might have uh, difficulty threading through the storyline of a film or a television show that get cut in a certain way that I feel like do a disservice to the scene and the way it was originally written uh, and certainly the way that it was performed um, and created by, by the director and the actors and the crew. So it, it does happen, unfortunately. You know, you're looking at a, you're looking at a bigger picture as an editor when you're, when you're trying to put it all together. Uh, but that being said, in terms of a specific role, there, there was a comedy I did uh, for HBO called The Brink uh, with a tremendous cast of Jack Black and Tim Robbins and Asif Mondi and myself and Pablo Schreiber. And we had a ball, and I thought the show was hilarious. Uh, but unfortunately, I only got one season at, at HBO. And 
And that was one, I think that was one of the one shows I've done that I feel like was underappreciated and didn't quite get uh, the love that it, it could have or should have. And I uh, feel like it could have still been on the air today if we had just gotten a couple more runs at it. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I, listen, I, I could watch you in anything. I, I think you're absolutely terrific. Can't wait to this uh, weekend. We'll be watching you as uh, as an attorney in where the Croyd. Oh no, as a uh, prosecutor. Are you playing the prosecutor? Yeah, yeah, as a prosecutor, a DA. That's right. So, uh, give us a little rundown without spoiling. Of course, it's a best-selling novel. A lot of people have read uh, this, obviously, but um, a highly anticipated movie. You got to be very excited about it. Give us a little overview. Yeah, it, it's a it is a romance murder mystery uh, filled with intrigue. Uh, it's a it's a movie that I think shows a lot of uh, resilience in our hero uh, and you know somebody who has a yearning for the human connection. And I I think that was something in the story that resonated with me because we spent so many years uh, as a as a world kind of on our own in our houses or apartments and. And we all yearn for that human connection. So I think, you know, I think the timing of this is interesting in the sense that I think there Kaya, who's our lead character, who lives out in the swamp and in the marsh. I think that, you know, there's there's something about uh, Kaya in each of us, and, and we'll be able to find and have her story resonate with everybody. When you first heard about the role, I don't know how it was presented to you, whether, uh, uh, you know, did, did you see uh, part of the script at first? Did you see a description? When you when you first heard of the role, did you think right away, uh, this is this would be great for me, I, I think I would uh, love to do this, uh, or did you have to go back and forth on it? Well, no, I had read the book several years ago. Uh, I loved the book. I thought it was fantastic. And then when I knew, when I read in the trade, uh, the industry trades that uh, it was being made into a movie. I, I put my uh, representation on notice and said, listen, this is a great story. There's uh, there's a role in here for me for sure. So, uh, you know, you know, keep an eye out for it. And uh, when it came around, I, I knew it was something I wanted to do because I loved the book and, and knew the story would do well. When you were reading the book, and, and I'm sure as an actor, and I'm sure directors and filmmakers go through this as well, uh, I imagine when you read, you kind of envision what what the actors uh, would would appear like on uh, on screen. How much different is your anticipation of what a movie would have been like uh, and how this ultimately came out? And again, we're talking about the where the crawdads sing. Uh, how, how much different was the anticipation and the expectation uh, to, to actual end, end result? Well, the book is big and the story is big. So, uh, you know, this, the first thing is, is finding what part of the story and, and what you really want to focus in on. And I think that's what turning a book into a film always you know, one of the challenges, you know, because you can't have a three and a half hour film, uh, you know, or you can't have two films. And then the director cut of this film was three and a half hours, I believe. So, you know, um, it's that's always going to be an issue. That being said, I think the story that they want wanted to tell is the exact story that they that they came away with and that they are telling. Uh, and that's one of, of uh, empowerment and resilience and tenacity um, woven with a murder mystery throughout and uh, one of yearning of human connection. And I think that they did that. I think that they did that successfully. 
Well, listen, I I wish I had more time with you. You're one of those guys I'd love to get uh, get into all all kinds of roles with. Uh, I'm certainly going to check out um, the Brink and uh, and and urge everyone to see that. Congrats on on really putting together a wonderful career. Uh, not just where the Croydads sing, although we'll be pushing people to see that uh, this weekend, as my wife and I are. Can you give us uh, any social media site or website and anything else you want to add before you leave us? Uh, sure. Uh, the only social media I'm on is Instagram, and it's uh, it's my name. It's easy at Eric Layden, L A D I N. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's that's probably the best way to uh, to follow or contact. Looking forward to seeing you, and uh, looking forward to the brink as well. I'll be binging that uh, real quick. Eric Layden, thanks for being here. Frank, thanks for having me. Take take care, pal. Eric Layden. Uh, really fantastic actor. He's he's put together a nice career, and I, again, I'm a madman, uh, madman. Uh, I'm a madman. I'm a madman fan, uh, for sure. And you know, I think John Ham, uh, John Ham uh, did a great uh, job all throughout. And I don't know. I just recently watched it, and and I was watching him, and a couple of these. Um, a couple of these uh, these actors that you know maybe would slip through the cracks. You know you don't you don't think of the uh, you know the certain roles that they play, uh, and but there's so much discomfort in Mad Men, and uh, in that scene. You know again they're, they're talking about who's going to take the old man, who you know is Betty Draper, uh, Don Draper, the main character's wife, uh, who's going to take the the father. Um, as he's, uh, you know, getting uh, to a point where he, he can no longer live uh, by himself. And uh, the father hates Draper. So, uh, you know, you could, and, and vice versa. Uh, so you can imagine the uh, discomfort there. And William is the uh, the son and the brother of, uh, of Betty Draper and, you know, Don's wife. And what you see in Will, William, and I, I guess how Don is presenting it is is that that William is kind of like getting over on the whole situation he just wants you know he wants the money he wants uh, he wants to sell the house and he wants to get whatever so there's part of you that immediately jumps to the conclusion that you know that this guy's just a you know he's a sleaze bag and he's a sleazy son and he just wants to get his his father's money but then you, you kind of pause a little bit and and say yeah well Don's a you know, sociopath in a sense, you know, so, uh, you know, although you're cheering on Don Draper, the main character, you realize he's an anti-hero. And then you, you start feeling it for this, this guy, you know, this son of, of them. But Eric Layden played that scene and it's uh, uncomfortable. It's, it's really, uh, there's discomfort all throughout. I, I just think he played it so brilliantly. And again, I'm not an actor and I, you know, I don't know what, uh, what real actors, uh, you know, think of uh, of certain kind of work, but I, I, I that really stood out to me. Um, J. Edgar Hoover, you know, more uh, more straightforward, complicated character, of course. But Boardwalk Empire, um, he played uh, J. Edgar Hoover at least a half a dozen times. Um, Na uh, Navy Seal James Case in American Sniper, um, you know, he uh, you know he played uh, played that role wonderfully. Ozark, um, Big Love. Uh, and for all mankind, a lot of good things. When the Crawdads Sing, Where the Crawdads Sing is the name of his latest. And uh, checking it out this weekend, it's, uh, you know, 
It's a best-selling novel based on a best-selling novel. We'll check it out. Frank McKay signing off. Eric Layden, actor Eric Layden, has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to okay. welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a, a just a wonderful actress. She has put together an amazing career. It's still going strong. I, I always say if you if you put one of her comedic roles uh, and watched it back to back with, let's say, a, a, a clip from General Hospital, and then if you watched a short, and I'm going by memory here, I saw a, she was terrific in Alice Jacobs is Dead. If you were to watch them back to back to back, you would realize what a tremendous talent she is. She's amazing. You've seen her in Argo. Of course, Maud is uh, is where she became very, very famous. Uh, she is terrific. If I me- remember correctly, she was the original Rizzo on Broadway in Greece. She's done so much on Broadway. She is, uh, a, a, I'm thrilled to have her here. Adrian Barbeau is our very special guest. Adrian, how are you? Well, I'm great after that introduction. Wow. I mean, I haven't had anybody talk about Alice Jacobs is dead in a long time. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> it's terrific. I mean, it, it, is, it is something I saw streaming. And, I, you, you know, if you look at that and you look at some of your comedic roles, you don't even realize it's the same actress. I mean, you, are, you, you are tremendous, very, very skilled. And, by the way, I'm looking forward to today seeing For the Love of Jesse and uh, – this is supposed to be terrific, and uh, what can you tell us without spoiling? Well, for the love of Jesse, unlike unlike Alice Jacobs or any of the others that I've got coming out in a couple of months, is a love story. I, I can't remember. Well, I guess I did a love story for Hallmark a couple of years ago. I'm yeah. trying to remember, and then I did uh, I did one called Reach for Me, which was a beautiful love story with Seymour Cassell. But this is a love story uh, between um, an actor named Randy Wayne, who plays my son. Randy's character is a doctor. His wife, he loses his wife in childbirth and is, is faced with the, uh, you know, having to raise his infant cha- daughter. Uh, and uh, his mom shows up, that's me, to take over <laughs> because he's having, he's having a lot of trouble and, um, and insists that he hire someone to help with the baby. Uh, unfortunately, the woman he hires is someone I don't think is appropriate at all, a wonderful actress named Mandala Rose. And... Uh, I think the tagline for the film is, uh, you know, everyone deserves a second chance. And um, it's a really nice love story to be watching, especially at this time when we can't leave the house. (laughs) Yeah, I always say you could uh, could guilt-free tell people to watch and binge-watch. Uh, everything they can get their hands on at this point, because they should be. They should be inside watching TV, movies, reading. Uh, by the way, also the author of several books, if I remember correctly, too, Adrian Barbeau is our very f- special guest. 
uh, terrific. You have a lot going on also, and uh, and and of course, first things first, safety, and and hopefully you and everyone else is uh, is safe. Uh, but you you also as as an actress, uh, is it frustrating that you have a lot coming out and you had a lot going on, and then here it is a screeching halt? Or did you uh, did you kind of appreciate the time off? Well, I have I'm fortunate in that I have one of my jobs is is uh, I do a lot of voiceovers. I do uh, video describing for the blind for various television series and movies. And my son, who is a music producer, has his studio here at the house. So I can do my voiceover work from here at the house. It is frustrating, for instance. I, I mean, I think in some ways, like for the love of Jesse, uh, you know, would have had a theatrical release had we not all shut down. But so many more people will be able to see it because it, it now is streaming. I've got another one coming out June 1st called The Eagle and the Albatross, which is a golf comedy with Dan Loria and uh, K-pop star Amber Liu. And again, you know, they were on their way to uh, a theatrical release. You know, movie theaters aren't open anymore. So... Um, in some ways, what what it has, uh, you know, put paid to is that we can't, we're not, there's no more production going on. So we're going to have to wait a while to, to do anything, to do anything else like that. I was actually supposed to be in New Zealand, uh, and maybe this will still happen, to do a Netflix series, a guest star on a Netflix series uh, later this summer we'll we'll see but um i suppose in a way for 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 the love of jesse and and the other ones that are uh going to start streaming there's i have three other horror films that are in post-production and maybe by the time they're ready we'll be back to go into the movies but um you know, it is what it is, and we have to take care of ourselves and take care of everyone else. And so, uh, so this is a good way to kill the time. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, congratulations on the body of work that you put together, uh, stage and screen, big and small, uh, just tremendous. I, I mean, it's it's staggering if you look at your career and what you've done, and just quality work there. I mean, you, you put a lot of pride. I, I assume, and this is the first time we're speaking, but I assume you put a you put a lot of effort into your your art. You're very, very, very good at uh, at what you do, and I you know I look forward to anything that you're in so I'm looking forward for the love of Jesse and I know we just have a couple of moments here uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you if uh, if they do a remake for Maud who would be better at this point to play Maud than than Carol uh, all grown up and uh, <laughs> wow I, you, you would be an amazing Maud at this point and please take that as a compliment thank you I do <laughs> I do <laughs> I doubt that that's going to happen but I <laughs> You know, I learned so much from her, and I learned, and and even my comedy timing, I, I you know, so much of I, I that I learned from B, that, uh, but I don't know, nobody can do nobody can do B like B, and nobody can do Maude like B. Although I must say, um, 
I've been I've been video describing Mrs. America, and Tracy Ullman is so good. I know she doesn't she's not anyone's idea of Maud because she's you know she's not five foot ten, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I could see Tracy delivering those lines. <laughs> she's terrific, also. Uh, listen uh, once again, congratulations for everything that's gone gone right with you and everything that's going right in the in the future. Uh, amazing amount of work ahead of you. Uh, thank you for being here. Do you have a website or a social media site you can point us to? I do, I do, I do. My website is abarbo.com. My Instagram, I'm, I'm primarily on Instagram. I'm not so much on Twitter. My Twitter is um, at, oh, God. <laughs> Let me see if I keep them all straight. They can find it. My don't don't worry. Twitter, yeah. My Instagram is Adrienne underscore Barbo. Yeah. And my Facebook is at the number four A Barbo. And my Twitter is at A Barbo, I think. Uh, listen, once again, congratulations on everything. And certainly for the love of Jesse, everyone's got to watch that. And June 1st, uh, you with our, our friend Dan Laurier, who's been on the show many times, and uh, that that's a, a wonderful golf comedy, uh, a, a big difference from the love story here. But congratulations again, and thank you very much for being here, Adrian. Thank you. Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau, everyone, has been our very special guest. And if uh, if you go back a ways, I'm 53. If you go back a ways, uh, you'll know her as Carol, Maud's daughter. Maud was a, a spinoff from All in the Family, which, you know, was one of the great sitcoms of all time. Groundbreaking sitcom, Norman Lear. And, uh, of course, it took on uh, all types of issues, uh, All in the Family, that was. And Maud was his, um, the, uh, Edith's cousin, I believe, and... And uh, she came on, and she went nose to nose with Archie, and it was B. Arthur, was, and that's where she uh, got her notoriety from, and she was terrific in that. And I, well, I could talk forever on All in the Family and what it's done for the industry and for the television in general, just tremendous. But Adrienne Barbeau was part of that spinoff, a big part of it, Carol, the daughter, and she did a wonderful job there. And... And she, uh, you know, if you think that's all she did, look at her IMDb. She's got uh, hundreds of uh, appearances on TV and in the movie. And I mentioned this short. It's a it's a horror short. And, and I didn't even realize she was in it when I was watching it. And I was like, hey, wait a second. Is that Adrian Barbo? It's called Alice Jacobs is Dead. And she was Alex ja uh, Alice Jacobs. Uh, and as it turns out, she, she won all types of awards for it. And I, I, I just, do, while I'm talking to her here, I was just kind of looking it up, make sure I had the name right. Was, yeah, it's Alice Jacobs is Dead. And uh, yeah, she won Best uh, best Actress uh, in, in, you know, different uh, film festivals and, and so forth. But it, for good reason. She was terrific. And she's a terrific actress. She was the original Rizzo on Grease. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't watch many soaps, but uh, on General Hospital, she's a... Uh, uh, it, it, she had a long run on General Hospital, and uh, her latest, again, is For the Love of Jesse. Check it out. Adrienne Barbeau, actress, singer, author, has been our very special guest, Frank McKay, signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more important. Matt Iceman is our very special guest. Uh, Emmy Award winner, Matt Iceman. And we're talking about the return of America Ninja Warriors. And it is, uh, it is upon us. And you can see it on NBC. And, uh, th- yeah, this man does a lot of things very well. He's a wonderful stand-up host. And like I said, you know, hey, once you win that Emmy, it's, uh, it's, it's Emmy Award-winning Matt Eisman. Matt, how are you? I'm doing awesome, Frank. And you're right. I actually have the Emmy next to me right now. I usually hold it, I'll hold it while I drink my morning coffee. It always makes me so special right there. I love it. I love, yeah, it's, it's nice to, uh, nice to get a little hardware every now and again. Yeah, no, but it's it's more than a little hardware. And uh, listen, it's well-deserved. You know, you work hard. You're one of those guys, and we've spoken to you before, but you're constantly doing something. You're constantly moving. And I, I don't know if uh, if you've always been like that, or is that a habit you developed? I mean, you get that from your folks. Did you get – but uh, to I me, you look like a hard worker. My folks, but it's, uh, I love working, Frank. I love working, whether it's Ninja Warrior doing stand-up comedy, whether it's being a contestant on a game show, hosting – I've hosted shows about first responders. For me, I have a blast because I love what I do. It's ridiculous. Talking about ninjas on Ninja Warrior, it's so much fun getting to watch these unbelievable people push the envelope of what uh, what humans can do and what they thought they could do. And I love those I love those moments. I've got to cover the Olympics uh, because of it, working with NBC, and, and that's incredible, too. I, I love watching people get to do things that they will remember for the rest of their lives, to have a moment. Um, and that's what Ninja Warrior is all about. And, and I just love, love being around it. I love having a crowd. I love to stand up. I just feel lucky that I found what I think I was meant to do. Do you find that a lot of the, the first-time uh, contestants, uh, the, the first time they do it, uh, either they underestimate it or, or – well, I don't uh, imagine you could overestimate it, uh, but do you, do you have <laughs> folks coming in, taking it too lightly, and then they just get hammered? I will tell you this, Frank. We don't see that very much. I think at this point, um, anyone who's come has at least trained a little bit, and they've had that – that hard reality that I've had when you think, I've watched this on TV. How hard can it be? And like, oh, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And if you're not training, it's going to be hard. I, I think so many of the athletes, they put in so much time to get ready for it. And what's amazing is I've learned I have no idea how someone's going to do, even if it's a returning veteran. You just don't know. You don't know if they're going to have a misstep or they're going to have the run of their lives. But I think that's what makes it interesting is trying to find out. Because sometimes you'll see the – the athletes do go, I'm crushing it. And all of a sudden, in a second, they go, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm getting crushed and I'm done. And it's amazing that it could end at any second. I think that's what makes the show so dramatic. Yeah, is there a, 
I, you know, again, a common trait other than, say, discipline, but do you notice a common trait with the uh, the folks who, who compete uh, beyond, you know, obviously there's se- severe discipline there and there's serious uh, uh, work ethic you got to uh, gotta figure, but is there something else? Is it a competitive nature? Is it an ambition? What do you, you notice know as I a common is, trait, like, if I anything? The thing, the physical stuff is incredible, and you mentioned the discipline. That is 100% the case that the people who do well are the people who put in the most time. If you don't put the time in, you're just not, you're going to struggle. But to me, the trait that I think is hardest to quantify, but that I think all the great ninjas have, is a real mental toughness because things are going to go wrong. Your a grip's not going to work out. Something's going to happen. You're going to have a plan, and that plan's going to go sideways. To have the ability to problem solve and stay calm and realize, oh, my God, a year's worth of work is on the line here and being able to stay calm and figure out how to get through it and to be able to push through it when you feel like I'm tired, I'm done, and to go, nope, I, I find that extra gear. I think it's that mental toughness that really separates like guys like Joe Morovsky or, or Jesse Flex Lebrecht, where they're gamers. They just show up big in big moments, and, and that's, I think, what really makes a ninja great. You know, let's talk about the audience uh, for a moment. And, and it's, you know, at first glance, you would say, oh, these are just sports fans or whatever. It's not. There's reality show uh, fans that uh, that care nothing yeah. about sports that watch this because they're they're fascinated with the uh, with the competition. Uh, but has has the audience changed over the years at all? Or is it basically just uh, strengthened from uh, from where the base was? I think, you know, initially uh, people thought it was kind of a guy show because I think they thought it was sports. And pretty soon after we were on NBC, we realized we, we, they, we can check the numbers. There were more women watching than men. And the other thing we saw was this, our show, Ninja Warrior, is the, sh- the most family-watched show. In other words, when families are together, this is the show they watch over anything else on TV because it's so universal where, you know, whether you like athletics or you like stories or you want just a, you know, you can watch a run that lasts three minutes or you can watch a two hour episode or watch a marathon. I think, um, so I think that's what's, what's really kind of helped this show stick around is it's one of those things that people love gathering on the TV and watching together. Matt Iceman is the voice that you're hearing, and uh, he's a, he's an Emmy Award-winning host and stand-up comedian. He's uh, he's terrific, and we're talking about the return of American Ninja Warrior, and uh, just uh, absolutely uh, a, a must-watch for people who like excitement, like competition. I, let me ask you, if you don't mind, I, I loved your work with, uh, on Evil Knievel, um, and I'm a big Evil Knievel fan. Is there anything you know now? about Evil Knievel that you didn't prior to, uh, to doing any work on, on, his, uh, on his legacy? Well, the really cool thing was getting to meet his kids, uh, Kelly and Robbie, and, and kind of hear the stories from them. But, you know, it was, it was it, Travis Estrada was recreating some of Evil's biggest jumps, including he, he did it live. And the final one was he jumped the, the fountains at Caesar's College. And they told a story that... Uh, Evil Knievel, before that jump, went in, placed a single bet on roulette, did a shot of Jack Daniels, then went out and crashed. And uh, it was just unbelievable because there were times they said that one, they said uh, he did a jump in Wembley where he... 
Oh, we lost Matt for a second. Matt, are you there? Well, I was asking him about the late great Evil Knievel. He did a, a great special on it and uh, on on Evil. And um, Matt, do we have you? I think we lost lost Matt Iceman. Uh, oh, I'm getting him. Oh, we got it. Uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, just just for a quick goodbye. We know he's busy. We know he's got a got a lot of people in front of him. And uh, Matt, do we got you? Well, if we don't get him. Uh, we're talking about America, American Ninja Warrior, and it's uh, it's returned uh, season fourteen, and some of the most elite athletes in the country, and uh, you know, uh, obstacle course. Uh, it reminds me a lot of superstars. If you remember that, you know, I'm in my fifties, right? But superstars was uh, on in the seventies. What happened? And uh, Matt, are you there? I'm here. I don't know what happened. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We lost you for a quick second, but don't worry. I kept talking. I know a lot of people waiting to talk to you. Just a quick goodbye. Well, you know, hopefully I can get you in. We can do a whole thing on Evil Knievel. That would be great. Um, Congrats on everything that's that's going on. The return of of, uh, uh, Ninja Warrior is uh, terrific. Give us a website or a social media site before you go. At Matt Eisman, M-A-T-T-I-S-E-M-A-N, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. I'm always on. Come say hello. Matt Eisman, uh, thanks a million for being here. Thank you. Matt Eisman, everyone. Uh, Emmy Award winning Matt Eisman. A wonderful host, stand-up, and uh, again, uh, he did great work uh, on the uh, the legacy of uh, the late, great Evil Knievel and uh, you know, we'll get him back and we'll do a whole thing on Evil Knievel, but he really, you know, perfect guy to host anything on, on, uh, on Evil, and uh, I just love the subject. Um, Frank McKay here, again, we're talking about America, Ninja Warrior, and it's, um, it's return, and, you know, a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of folks into into sports, a lot of folks into reality TV uh, kind of uh, have been supporting the show for 14 years. And Matt Eisman is, uh, has been with us quite a bit and uh, thrilled to have him. We lost him there for a split second. But Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with the multi-talented Jenny Slate. She is... Absolutely terrific. I could watch her in anything. I could listen to her in anything. And Marcel, the shell with shoes on, uh, is uh, is upon us. 
and you'll be able to see it in, in so many markets this weekend, and we urge everyone to check it out. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is just giving it great reviews. Everyone is. She's one of the most creative ladies out there and uh, talented, and she's constantly doing something. I mean, it's unbelievable. She she works as hard as anybody out there, and it doesn't look, doesn't look hard uh, the way she does it, but you know. You know for sure that uh, that she is uh, constantly working. Jenny Slade, how are you? Oh, that's so nice. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And I'll tell you whether it's uh, whether it's a voice work or or acting or writing, you always seem to be busy. I mean, are you a are you a workaholic or you're just somebody who kind of gets a lot of work done in, in between everything else? I am. I actually don't think I'm a workaholic at all. I, I think um, it was funny listening to that. I, I was thinking, like, oh god, I feel like I spend a lot of time like spacing out. But um, <laughs> but it, I, and the other thing is like I, I do do a lot of animated work, and that is work that you can kind of bank, you know, and then suddenly it will kind of come out all at once. But it, it, it's sometimes work that you've done, you know, like months before. Um, and then there's other stuff that it's like. Maybe it's work, but I enjoy doing it, like, you know, writing books or doing stand-up, things that are just kind of, like, in the flow of my life. But also, now that I have my little daughter, I I do want to spend a lot more time at home. And, you know, I, I still, like, you know, spend my days with her and put her to bed every night. And, and that has become really important for, for how I, you know, am a happy person. <laughs> yeah. that's cr- How old is your daughter? She's a year and a half. Oh, wow! Congratulations, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? She's gonna she's gonna grow up uh, in early part not knowing all that her mother's done, but then early on she's gonna be able to enjoy your work. She's gonna uh, be able to say, "That's mom." Oh my God, that's mommy, or that's whatever. That's got to be exciting. Uh, watching her develop, uh, you know, as uh, as she sees some of your work. Some of your work you probably won't show until later, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of good stuff. To, by the way, I loved you. On drunk history, every time you did drunk history, I, I just I, I was riveted to uh, what you watch. <laughs> that probably doesn't feel like work because you're drinking and you're getting drunk and you tell. But still, it's it's you're creating something. You're creating something there, and yeah, I, I thought you guys were yeah. great chemistry together. Oh yeah, I mean that's a prime example of like something that is technically a job, but it's just like so much fun and. Um, as there's only so many episodes you can do of drunk history before you just like actually are like, this is pretty unhealthy. I can't <laughs> be this, this drunk, you know? Um, yeah, I don't think I would do it now. Um, it's not really, you know, when you have a baby that wakes up at 5 a.m., it's like actually scary to have more than like, two, you know, like, yeah. like a glass of wine or whatever because you're just like, I'm so tired. But um, yeah, I mean, it feels really nice that Ida and my daughter will see Marcel the show with shoes on and um, that show maybe wonder about like how my mind works and you know as much as I, I would say a person really wants let's say like their parents to be proud of them I now find that that really you know it's like exponentially increased that I really want my daughter to be proud of me and yeah. um, you know that I, I, I want to be an example of confidence and, and satisfaction and happiness for her to see 
especially in a woman, you know? Yeah, uh, trust me, she's going to be proud of you. I, I, I think people <laughs> people uh, looking at your career are proud to even know you. So, uh, listen, it's great. Uh, it, it's it's a great body of work. Tell us a little about Marcel. Sure. Well, like Marcel as a character is a he's like a little guy who has uh, his body is a shell and he has a googly one googly eye and two shoes and you know he's really straightforward. He's a confident little guy and. Um, we started like our work with the Marcel character, uh, Dean Fletcher Camp, the director, and I over a decade ago. It started as short, uh, short films that we put on the internet, and then uh, we made a couple of kids books, and then um, a little over seven years ago, we started making the movie. And it did take seven years to make. And the movie is a document documentary style film that also has a couple songs in it um, about. Marcel and his grandmother, Nana Connie, who's played by Isabella Rossellini. And it starts with um, this guy uh, who's, you know, in an Airbnb and he finds Marcel and his grandmother and he's sort of like, what's up with you tiny little creatures? And why are you here? And um, the film is, is about Marcel um, and his grandmother trying to find the rest of their family that they've been separated from. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a sweet little adventure. And, uh, and I think it's really, really funny. I'm, I'm just really proud of, of what we made. Do you, do you think either consciously or subconsciously you're going to gravitate towards shows that uh, shows and, and movies that your daughter will like early on? It's funny. You know, now I think so because, first of all, I want to make things for her to enjoy, whether that's you know, yeah. like a really good sandwich or it's a full-length film. I just want to put beauty and and enjoyment into her world. But I, I also realized that um, you can make things that are appropriate for children that are 100% satisfying for adults. And, um, you know, the Marcel movie is something that we made for people of all ages. It's not, it is a film that's totally appropriate for children, but it's not a quote-unquote, like, kids movie um and i would just like to see how much more of that kind of stuff i'm i'm capable of creating and you know clearly like my stand-up is for adults only it's very blue and um you know it deals with adult experiences but um and i i still have a need to do that as well of course you know like i'm i'm an adult person i want to talk about my experience but it's fun to make things that are are appropriate for children and just try to make them as smart and beautiful as, as you can make them because kids deserve fine things. Well, everyone's got to check out Marcel, the shoe, the shell with shoes on, and I'll be checking it out ASAP. Uh, before you go, uh, please share anything else you'd like to add and uh, also give us any social media site or website where we can follow along with you. Oh, well, um, my Instagram is, is Jenny Slate at Instagram, and our Instagram for the movie is Marcel the Movie. Um, and, you know, the film is out nationwide. It, 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 is a, it does have a great rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes, Amazing. 99%. But, you know, it's still an, an indie film, which means that um, it will only stay in theaters if you tell your friends. Uh, so please, if you like it, we would really, really appreciate that you give it a shout-out at Say what you like, and um, and we really appreciate you buying a ticket and, and going to the movie theater. Jenny Slate, congratulations on everything, especially your daughter. Uh, enjoy your time Thank together. You. 
and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Jenny Slate, everyone. The very talented, multi-talented Jenny Slate. And she writes. Uh, her stand-up is just terrific. I'm a big Bob Spurgers fan, and uh, you you hear her on there. A big mouth. She uh, she does voice for that. She's on Parks and Recreation. Um, Secret Life's, uh, Life of Pets. And uh, the... Uh, the sequel to that, you know, as uh, voiceovers, uh, Zootopia, and, and you know, a lot of Muppet Babies. Uh, she she does a lot of voice work, but I, I loved her. And yes, it's it's interesting, uh, you know, how she reacted to the Derek Waters, um, you know, thing. You know that it wouldn't be healthy to do that to get that drunk. If uh, it, you know, he uh, he got canceled, I guess during COVID, drunk history. And um, I want to say it on Comedy Central, and I, I guess it was a lot of, you know, all the the acting uh, in it, you know, like the the reaction, uh, the what do you call it, the uh, reimagining or the um, what's, what's the word, reenactments, right, of the uh, historical things. A lot, a lot of different people, a lot of actors in there, so it was probably an expensive show to make. But I kind of hope Derek Waters gets back on with Drunk History. I thought it was so entertaining. I've watched all of them. I've binged watch uh, all of them, um, you know, several times. But Jenny Slate was, uh, she was one of the, one of the best at it. And basically, they're just getting drunk and, and telling a historic story. And uh, she was great there because, you know, you listen, you hear her. You know, she's she's bright, but she's colorful. She's got a, a personality that you can't uh, you can't create. It has to come out of you naturally. And it comes through with in her acting, in her writing, in her uh, voiceover work. And she just, uh, you know, listen, uh, you know, to me, she hits on all cylinders. Uh, you know, Jenny Slade, I'm sure she's going to be a wonderful, uh, wonderful mother. And, and she's got a year and a half. Oh, I didn't even know that, that, uh, that she had a baby. But uh, she just seems uh, very thoughtful in everything that she does. And, you know, even if it's lighthearted, it seems like she just, she puts a lot into it. She said she, she feels like she spends a lot of time just spacing out. You look at our IMDb and it's, it, it's packed. It's packed with work. And, you know, I guess the voice work, um, like, you know, she said you could kind of bank it. You know, you do it, and it's uh, and it's there, and then it comes out later on. Um, yeah, I get that. I get that. And then you know, then you know, you spend uh, you know the rest of your time kind of hanging out. But that's kind of interesting how she responded to that. Uh, Jenny Slate has been our very special guest, wonderful actress, comedic act actress for sure, and a writer. And her her latest is Marcel. The Shell with Shoes On, and it's nationwide as we speak, and, you know, get something like 100 or 99 on Rotten Tomatoes, and, and that's usually a very good sign. Frank McKay signing off. Jenny Slate has been with us as our guest. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.